0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. I'm Seth Williams. And I'm Brendan Ward. And we're here to discuss all things local real estate, legal, title, market, and really anything else we can come up with. So stick with us on this journey as we talk about the Word. We have, uh, welcome, Scotty Jones. Thank you for uh, thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for being Who here. Who is us oh. in this? Is the, it yourself?
1: I have uh, my and great the, friend. Yes. And
0: uh, LaCroix and the bottle of tequila that's that right. you brought with us, yes. so... Um, Which we didn't even drink yet, and I still address No, well, well. fun fact, uh, Brenda doesn't drink.
1: But so I drink Spindrift. So this okay. is not
0: weird. Nope. And Apologies.
1: I
2: hate tequila. You hate tequila? Andrew drinks a lot of tequila.
0: Well, it's not for me, man. Yeah. Well, it's not I'll for bring it well. to Andrew.
1: I actually knew both of those things. I love tequila. So, so,
0: oh, so, so, he was so just you're taking it you're, home. You're taking it home. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, man. A owner of uh, multiple real estate franchises... Franchise, yes. you're a franchisee. I'm a franchisee, yes. Of multiple locations of a Remax.
1: Correct, Remax Platinum. Um, yep. and we got uh, Saugus and the Bridgewater Firm, correct? Right. Uh, Melrose, Bridgewater, and Carver. But you were close. I was originally in Saugus, so.
0: Oh, okay, well, mm, whoopsies. We know each other from doing a deal in Beacon Hill. Yep, right next to uh, the uh, state house. Yeah, the old Bellevue Hotel, if mm-hmm. you recall, right by Moo. I know I, where that is. I sold a Pierre Terre. For a client of mine, which, fancy, by, which, fancy which, which by the way is that's when I learned what pied a terre was, because <laughs> it was theirs, and uh, it's just a really small unit in the city that they use as like a crash pad instead of a hotel because they they went there every weekend. So it's it is a hotel room. in Yes, essence. yes. Yeah. Litt- l- little, ironically was yeah.
2: in an old hotel. Yep. Also, and how much <laughs> does a pied a terre in an old hotel
1: cost? That I believe four. Fifty? Geez, no. They
0: paid, They didn't paid pay paid a lot. It was like it was oh. like mid-high threes. Okay, three eighty. I think it was. three eighty. Yeah, I think shit. you're right. Um,
2: but in this, what year? Twenty twenty three?
0: No, this was in the middle of COVID. It was twenty twenty or maybe Oof. it was
1: because it was a ghost town. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, and we were wearing masks all the time. Yep. And uh, I think it was three hundred eighty three square feet. Okay. No, it was way less. than No, that. smaller. It was like
1: two hundred twelve square feet. It was literally a small hotel. Room. Yeah.
0: And sounds uh, it. Like- and uh, yeah. Cool roof deck right next to the state house, but yeah, your client bought it, and uh, yeah, we stayed in touch, yep. which is pretty cool. So, why don't you just introduce yourself instead of letting me talk about who you are? Sure, and uh, talk, just talk to uh, the listeners, the people out there of the Word Podcast,
1: just a little bit about how you ended up in real estate. I didn't start out my career in real estate. I was in the real estate field. I was uh, all the way back to my great grandfather were builders and developers. And that's what I did for the first part of my career, all the way you know from one time I was like ten years old, loading dumpsters, sweeping floors. All the way through high school. Sounds like, sounds like child labor. It was yeah. I'd get stuck in the. They literally would put me in a basement and I would uh, snap all the rods in the basement, grade the basement stone, floor. remove the asbestos. Before, <laughs> yes, before <laughs> I was even old enough to drive, so they would just. It's called building drop. character, right? Exactly. right? Yeah, right.
0: And maybe uh, mesothemiola. semiola. Yes, <laughs> <Sort of laughs> There are law firms when I was ah, okay. when I was
1: really young, really young. They put me in the closets to paint the closets because nobody really cared how the paint in the closet. Why does
0: anyone no one paints the closets usually?
1: Yeah. Well, we did apparently. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I think that
0: I think they <laughs> they might have just yeah. been trying to get rid of yeah. Some um, of
1: our closets are painted. Painted.
0: that's weird yeah are they painted a different color than
2: the room yeah, yeah. one's yeah. black one's wallpapered
0: mm. yeah this is this just might, a
2: neutral white. This, uh, this
1: might be a gay thing it may know. be i mean it's highly decorated <laughs> yeah okay continue so anyway um painted did, closets did, did that i uh, went to school um went to merrimack college um met my wife there which was great but other than that i, w- I was asked to leave merrimack college mm. we'll discuss that maybe oh maybe we'll get later. to that mm. um and so I continued to continue with the uh, construction career I was a laborer, carpenter, project manager. And I, I just, I never loved it. I liked, I actually loved the building of the homes, but it was, you were married to these clients for a year, 14 months because we we're building big, big custom homes and it, it just burnt me out. And then dealing with subcontractors and weren't showing up and schedules and there's things, you know, mid two thousands, that's when this was. And sure. Just kind of everything just hit the fan and. Long story short, I knew I wanted to stay in the real estate world, so I went in 2008, got my real estate license, which was a great time. Perfect to get, time to start To get your it, real yeah. estate license. What well, could go wrong? No, I mean. Everything was already wrong. Every, yeah. yeah, exactly. It was, it was already wrong, but. Did you cash um, some checks first? <laughs> not really. But uh, yeah, so I got my real estate license in 2008, um, and I fell in love with it right away. I, I, loved, I loved working with uh, the buyers, sellers, and uh, just kind of ran with it from there. And in 2015, I opened my first real estate brokerage. And here we are, um, three offices and, uh, 50 ish agents later, something like that.
2: Crazy. Yeah. And you also have
1: mortgage, right? I do. Yes. We have, a, um, uh, a model mortgage pinnacle is our mortgage arm. And, um, it's, it's a mortgage brokerage. We've been doing that since 2020. We actually opened that up in the middle of COVID. So I really like to time things yeah. around, <laughs> yeah, around, yeah. around Best substantial yeah. <laughs> yes, events exactly. that ruined the economy. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Listen, so, they uh, say that, uh, w- 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 I, I'm just going to script the quote. It's like when, uh, be greedy when people are fearful. Uh was that it with Mr. Buffett? Yes. Um, yes. Um good good time to actually double down and scale up. Yeah. But, but very scary nonetheless. You get the No for on. for sure.
1: And um yeah, we did catch the end of that the the refi boom, which was great. But then, you know, six months or a year later, whatever it's been.
0: Yeah. Make sure you are talking on the mic. Sorry. I will know. It's great. Okay. Sorry. that's right. We're just gonna yell at you. I used, used, to, I used to I am married. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, Talk, expand a little bit on the mortgage business. How's yeah. that? How's that been going since you started?
1: And, and
2: whether or not Seth should get into the mortgage business. Wow. Well.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd say yes. To be honest, I mean it's, it's it it fits very well with real estate. Right. You've got a for sure a, a, a thriving real estate brokerage. Uh, mortgage fits in nicely. It's a totally different world. I will say that mm. the lingo, the speak, it is a super regulated world. Unlike yeah. real estate, is the wild west compared to let's mortgage. Yeah, uh, mortgage is not going to let you be you. You're going to do yeah, what the, the division of banks says, but mm-hmm. it, it it is really cool. It's in in you know doing real estate since 2008, being that doing that full time, kind of having something else to, to dive into on a daily basis is pretty cool too. It's a little refreshing, you know.
2: And is Moto because you're Moto Pinnacle, right? Yep. Is Moto a affiliated brand with Remax? They're typically associated with Remaxes, it, right? It,
1: so yes and no. It is okay. the, the parent company is Remax. The yeah. whole Things LLC. However, the, they did brand it completely differently from their Remax brand because they didn't want to pigeonhole themselves into just Remax offices. So when I go to like the the conferences, the the, inter, the national conferences, there's broker owners that owned that own you know EXP franchises and Berkshire Hathaway and so references, you, reference, reference real groups. estate group. I think would be a great fit. Wow, um, wow. Sales I'll talk to you about that are. afterwards. And let's, let's, nah, it's, it's it's been it's been really good.
2: Oh, we got them labeled today. I did. I labeled them I just, I just like earlier. This. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm yeah. just trying to be better every is week. That before yeah. or after you broke the microphone?
0: This uh, <laughs> is technically after. Yeah. Contemporaneous. Yeah.
2: He was breaking it while he was writing them. Yeah. Perfect. I was trying to go for a cleaner look without the, the, stain, the arm. I think maybe if we just get higher, like, I'll yeah, look in into new stance. stands because I think if they're up here, they're better and we don't have to, like, hunch over. So,
0: well, maybe it's the uh, very interesting chair table combo that we're rocking that I don't think is helpful. You know, but we're we're we're, trying, we're working on it. Yeah. Right? one of these yeah. days you're going to come in. There's going to be neon lights everywhere with different camera uh, setups. And I know a place
2: we can order the word logo in a neon light. Wow, I, well, I yeah. do as
1: well because I bought one from my office. Oh, <laughs> how does it look? It's Sick. awesome. It's really oh. cool. The Whoa. agents love it. They take their closing photos mm-hmm. in front of it. I can
0: listen. You know, you. I strongly encourage you to go ahead and take action <laughs> on that.
2: We will look. At, you're going to have to send me a link. All right. I thought you said you know a place. I do, but I want to see the one he's got. They, they show up on Instagram all the time. You don't I get, do. They're you very don't expensive. get the ads. They're very expensive. I used
0: to click on them. I can't do it anymore. <sighs>
2: I click on all the ads.
0: Well, you know, I'm trying to not love
2: I love a targeted ad.
1: Well, listen, I'm all about retargeting. I, I heard the, in the last podcast you talking about retargeting You ads. have to do it. Yeah. You got to do
2: it. You're doing it.
1: We're doing it. You're doing yep. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean me, not me personally. You have somebody that does yeah, it because exactly. I don't. You don't sell right now or you do sell. Um. I don't really sell I mean, friends, family, like close referrals, uh, I, will, I will do Rick, well, well, Rick, and the, Rick yes. who buys a lot? Yes, Rick, who so. buys a lot, we've built a house for him, he's flipped properties. So clients like that I, I will work with, um, but for the most part, my focus is on the brokerage and you know, helping them grow yeah. their business in, in, the, in the motto side. so.
0: And so yeah. we've been in real estate now for f- we'll call it 15 years. Mm-hmm. What's up with the market? age-old question. Yeah. What's going on, man?
1: I mean, I'm sure you look at stats every day, too, right? It's like, the prices continue to go up. Rates are continuing to go up. I don't... I, I don't know. I, to be totally honest, I, I feel like it's going to continue on that trend. Yeah, me I, too. I don't think it's going to be a, as much of a price increase as we've seen over the last few years, but I think you're still going to see steady appreciation. For it's sure. So, in and around greater Boston, right? You, yeah. you talk about other parts of the state, other, or, you know, other parts of the country. Potentially not, but People want to be here. People want to be in and around Boston.
2: It's, um, and there's not a lot of place to build.
1: No, there's nowhere to build. No. It's just crazy
0: to me that, like, man, what a, I, I haven't been in that long, right? But what a volatile market we found ourselves in in the last, let's just call it a year. Yeah. Right? Um, I thought we all thought it was going to be over faster than it was. I thought the spring, or sorry, the fall market was going to be more steady than it was. Uh, Most people had worst Q4 they've ever had, Um, you know, and uh, I think most people are continuing to have a really rough Q1. I
1: I totally agree. And I I believe so. I didn't look this month, uh, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, good good business owner. But but I looked (laughs) last month at the uh, Eastern Mass stats. You probably have seen this too, but we were down about 20% in sales in units. In yeah. Eastern Massachusetts, over twenty twenty two, over twenty twenty two, correct. which was which down was from
2: twenty twenty one, exactly. How come no one's talking? How comes no one's comparing to twenty twenty one yet?
0: Because you, I don't think you should compare it to twenty twenty one. I think you should compare it to two thousand seventeen or eighteen. Okay, cause and we, why is that, Seth? So, all right, so we went from a, a fairly decent market with uh, it was more like a stable real estate market. Okay, we had an okay amount of inventory. We had rates were four to five percent. I think in two, I I, I bought um, a single family home, and I just remember like at the wire, rates slid a little bit, and I got four and a quarter, right? So like, um, so rates two thousand sixteen seventeen were were kind of more normalized. We had inventory that was kind of more normalized because rates were I think a little bit lower before then, um, just coming off of oh eight oh nine whatever, uh, two thousand eleven when rates were in the threes and stuff. So. Then we went to just like, I don't know, things sat on the market for 30 to 50 days and it was just like
1: healthy. There was a time in 2018, I want to say like August, September, October, like that, that time that, that homes were sitting. I was like, oh, okay, this is it. Like this is, <sighs> this is this a crash, yeah, this right? is it. Like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to see the next crash. You
0: know? And then, um, you know, ni- 19 was a crazy year. It was pretty busy, right? Mm-hmm. And then COVID right in the spring of 2020. Again, I thought the, world the world's going to go end there. Like, yeah, everyone's yeah, the going to lose their houses. Everything. Yeah. I'll never forget yeah. it. I listed a beach house in Gloucester and it was uh the middle of march and like we had like we had a like it was in uh like coffins beach private neighborhood and i was like man i i made it like this i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna kill it with this sale right multi-million dollar sale (laughs) and it's gonna fly bidding war like crazy because there's no nothing ever turns over there and like we we ended up like ordering pizza to our open house (laughs) because it was so many people were there we stayed like an hour and a half late because people just kept coming and coming and we so we wrapped up at like three o'clock.
1: Was that the first super spreader event in Massachusetts? <laughs> <or>?
0: <laughs> no. Later on that afternoon, like I was, I was like picking up my sign, and Baker like closed the world, and I was expecting an offer from these people. They owned a pizza shop, Oof. and they're like, they just we just got closed. We can't, yeah. we can't buy a buy beach house anymore. So, um, and I was like, we're I'm gonna die. And I had just <laughs> like I just just quit my job like six months before, right? So, um, but anyway, the, so the market was crazy in 2020 although again ebbed and flowed a lot because rates slid so much and and then demand you know there there was I think I looked at the stats earlier this year like 14 15 16 17 18 19 there was always in like Massachusetts um like 15,000 some odd or sorry uh, sorry in Suffolk County like 15 million some odd uh 15 billion some odd in real estate sales okay so there's always just like 15 billion Suffolk County every year like uh, you know a couple million up, couple million right. down, very steady, and, uh, and in 2021, any guesses? The billion, 26. It was like it was like 22 billion in real estate volume. The, the the amount of transactions skyrocketed. So when we sit here and we compare today's inventory to 2021, like everyone was selling, everyone was buying, and you know there just wasn't an ex- there's not an extra 7,000 transactions. So if you actually look at last year in 2022, there was like. 15, 15 million billions I keep saying it 15,000 whatever 15
2: billion some on a real estate sale uh, sold again. So um not the prices go up so wouldn't that still be a reduction in transaction volume but S- so the transaction count was significantly less in 2022
0: mm-hmm. than it was in 2021. Over yeah. 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 But more moral of the story is like 2021 was the was the outlier. Yeah. is my point. So like I don't I don't want to compare anything to it. And so, sure, 2022 inventory was down over 21. What's scarier now is 2022 is like kind of normal. And now this year is worse. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, way worse. Way, way more, worse. way more real estate agents in the business now than there yeah. were back then. Yeah. I do yeah. what the exact numbers are, but.
0: I do too, but it's like, it's a significant, it's a lot. I, think, I think it's like one and a half times yeah. more. So there's more agents doing less deals, there's less inventory. And I think, I just saw a slide the other day, specifically the last uh, two to three years, the amount of homes for sale in general. Is starting to really compound downward. Yeah, I think it was like four hundred thirty thousand some odd homes for sale last year. This year it's like three fifty, and it was four eighty in like twenty twenty one. So the inventory position is going to continue to get worse. Rates, you know, we're going to be in this mortgage rate jail where no one wants to upsize and shit. Right? So why? There it is four, yep. so. um, now There we go. <laughs> Break the dam now. So,
1: <laughs> but why? Why would you like? You have to have a pretty damn good reason to sell right now. Right, like you, that you're, you must be. You have to be busting out of your home. Right, um, relocation, job relocation, divorce, unfortunately, death. But other than that, like, why are you walking away from your three percent interest rate?
2: Unless you've owned for a long time and don't have a
1: mortgage. Yeah, yeah. But those yeah, people correct. don't have anywhere to go. Right, but they have the cash, so they
0: could buy. I heard boomers just um, surpass millennials as the biggest home buying group.
2: Right, but if you Again, look at because
0: yeah. it was that way and. Yeah, and the millennials slid in, and now they all hate the interest rates. I think they're boycotting buying or something.
2: Well, they can't afford to buy what they want with the interest rates, and it's not available because the boomers aren't selling. Correct. Right? Right? So, like, I know that a lot of our clients, especially on our estate planning side, would love to buy a smaller house in the community that they live in, but there aren't any. There aren't any ranches. There aren't any townhouses or anything. any, like, viable solutions for... Downsizing, so those people don't have mortgages. It's not the interest rates that's holding them; it's the the stock.
1: And and that's been going on for a while. Because yeah. my parents sold their house in I want to say it was like 16, 2016, somewhere around the twenty fifteen, and big house, you know, in Saugus. Um, my mom's Italian, you know, entertaining, big, k- exactly, big big kitchens, all all that stuff. And when she was, they were downsizing, and they just couldn't find something that fit. You know, just basically take the big, you know, three thousand square foot house make it 1800 with a nice kitchen and you know just couldn't find it so they ended up building an addition on my sister's house an in-law mm. and luckily my father was a builder so he could do it. but everyone's not that fortunate right, right? so it's it's been that way for a while and, and, I think and they probably
0: did it without selling first
1: uh no they did sell first oh, they, okay. they could have but they had a place in florida to go sure. so it wasn't like a right but but um it's, it's, it's august zoning allowed for that this was in what they built in wakefield they built in wakefield yes, it did um it doesn't hurt to have friends in the building department, but no, it, yeah. did, it, did, uh, it did meet all the zoning requirements, yeah. Sure, we'll check. Well, we'll that, check. that's one of the things
2: I rail on quite frequently is like our zoning is not equipped for what we need, right? So like on the, we had uh, Eileen Duff here a couple of weeks ago from the North Shore Realtors Association, and we talked a lot about accessory dwelling units or EDUs, but in-laws, right? In Salem,
1: you couldn't do an in-law until a year ago right like it's it's it's, it's still most of the towns are like that yeah, it's ridiculous yeah. it's such an antiquated way of thinking like we get it we you don't we don't want people having an Airbnb attached to their house and all kinds Fine. of people coming in and out but elderly and the, the seniors and just the cost of housing makes a lot of sense to have a second income or you know that down payment from the 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 parents house to put towards yours yeah, it, especially, it's, it's especially with the cost of child care it, it just yeah. makes it makes a ton of sense so child care that's yeah, and it's like, a whole. I don't, I, I don't
0: want, to want to go there. Yeah, we we should start a whole different <laughs> yeah. podcast on uh, on the cost of childcare, but
1: we don't have time for no. another I mean, podcast on no, childcare. The cost don't. of everything, really, though. It's, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's tough right now.
0: Yeah, it is. So
1: operating a small business is, is it's it is? not. Is it? Yeah,
0: not the not the best. Yeah. Not the best times. <laughs> so, um, so how how is uh, so I wanted I really wanted to have you on because I I thought it'd be really cool to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, kind of the next iteration of uh brokerage ownership, whether that's franchise or not multiple locations gotta be really difficult. Right. So talk to us a little bit about like agent performance coaching and like what, what's it like in multi-unit uh, real estate world and um, just ca- kind of catch us up on, on uh, how you found uh,
1: the business kind of working in, in a different market. Yeah. So um, that's, that's a really good question. I'd spend oh, a thanks. lot of money <laughs> I I thinking <laughs> about it for a week, so. a minute and a half. I uh, I spend a lot of my days just thinking about how a how can we make the brokerage better and, and then be how does that help the agents get better right and I and I truly think and Remax might not be happy about me saying this but the, the actual brick and mortar offices and twelve different offices in it's one tough. state like it doesn't doesn't, work. doesn't make a whole look lot at the HP. Of sense and exactly, look at real? exactly right virtual metaverse office it, it it makes a lot of sense so we you know we we do our best to keep our costs low right to, to streamline that you got to stay lean. Um, but I think what's the what's very important right now as as a real estate agent, and then for me as a broker owner, is to, to make sure that the real estate agents are doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? They can't, you can't do what you did in 2020, 2021. You're not just going to stick a sign in the ground, everyone's going to come, buy the house, you're going to get 25 leads out of it. Like, that's not happening anymore. So you got to go back to your basics, right? You got to go back to your, your database, your sphere of influence. Social media is huge. I know you... We'll talk a lot about social media yeah huge right if you if you don't have a presence on social media in today's day and age you're it's a good chance you can be out of business in the next few years right i mean like
0: or you should be <laughs> yeah
2: i vote for should be yeah yeah.
0: i mean what here's the deal we all know like after you spend i mean geez i've been in the business five years essentially right full-time right so um and sure i'm sure some of that is online presence and whatnot but there's plenty of agents that did things a different way before social even existed right and And I'm sure they'll still continue to be busy, but I think unfortunately in this like attention age that we're in where like everything's grasping your attention, it's really difficult to know what's for sale everywhere. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure I pull a hot sheet from time to time. Right. But I'm not studying every single market where all of my clients are looking. It's, it's impossible. Right. Right. So like I rely heavily on the agent relationships that I have to say, like, oh man, uh, Brandon's got a, a a property in Reading. Like this is perfect for my clients. Like boom, comment, tag, DM, whatever. And I feel like we get some
1: deals done that way, right? And like just lifting up the inventory. Exactly, and and, and playing nice, right? It's a small sandbox Dude. that we play in. And so many agents are just their heads get huge; they can't fit through the door. And I've been doing this since you know whatever. Yeah. Long I don't really give a shit. What how yeah. long you been doing it for? Yeah, let's That's get along. Bad. Let's make it smooth. And but yeah, if you do that and people respect you. You're gonna get a chance to go in maybe before everybody else sees the property here. Yep. You know maybe your offer that's the same as another agents goes to the top of theirs because they know it's gonna get done. Yeah. Or
0: we or we've done a a half a dozen deals together and I know that I can tell my client, listen, I've done a transaction with this guy before. He's a professional. So if we really had to coin flip between offer A and offer B, I want to take B. Cause I know Scotty and I know that he's going to get his client to the closing table. And I know he's going to be super easy and accommodating during the transaction. I think everyone wants
1: that. I don't know if that's actually true, but it's I know not. what you're saying. I mean, it's de- <laughs>
0: theoretically <laughs> your guy paid cash. It was pretty easy. Yeah, um, was, was but, but guy. as
2: broker owners too, like I would assume that this is helping you in recruiting, right? So like the better relationships you have with agents yeah. that aren't in your firm, like when you call them to take them out or however you go about yeah. your recruiting, like they're going to be much more likely to be receptive. Yeah.
1: Sure. And, and I think right now they, they just need someone that's present, right? Like you need to, For you need sure. to show up and, and okay. show that you care because there's a lot of agents that are struggling right now. And mm-hmm. I mean, you just went over the numbers. The numbers aren't great. Agents are struggling. They're scared. They're nervous. You've got to make sure you're there to support them in whatever way that might be. It might be with more coaching. It might just be a, a phone call every few days to say, mm-hmm. how's it going? You know, you need a shoulder to cry on.
0: Yeah. Right? Do you find yourself still calling the agents that aren't transacting, aren't coming to the office and aren't showing any level of effort on their end? Do you still like reaching out to them? And be like, Hey, what's going on? Like,
1: how are you? How's, you know, are you still working here? So yeah, uh, yes, we, um, and to be, they'll be perfectly honest. I won't, drop any names, but we have had those conversations and I've actually asked people to, to find another place to, yeah. uh, to I, not work. I, basically. I, I, well, listen, I
0: I've dropped this line several <laughs> times with we We started doing like all hands, you know, quarterly meetings. Yeah. And I said, listen, there's plenty of brokerages out there where you don't have to do anything. Unfortunately, this isn't one of them. You got to work. Yeah. You got to work because I want people who are in the field, in the game, knowing the market, representing the brand, because if, and when I run into a client or another agent, I want there to be a tailwind. Like, hey, oh, you, yeah, I I saw so and so at reference. They did a really good job at X transaction on on X open house. Not like, can you believe this guy? He works at this joke firm where there's,
1: we're full of part timers. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I I, I want tailwinds, not headwinds. I think we, and we've talked about that before. So, again, if you're a part time agent, I don't want you to think I'm knocking you, but that's not the culture that you've built. It's not the culture that we've built. Yeah.
0: There's just not a lot of space for it. Listen, yeah. if, if you want to be, if you want to, if you have another job, but you, like, here's the thing. Like, I I I, I think Brendan checked me on this before. Like, um, I called myself- I mean, a you must have deserved it. <laughs> I called myself a part-time agent in like 2015, 16. But I would go to New York on Tuesday. I'd work through Thursday, Friday. And then I'd, I'd work from Friday afternoon in real estate through essentially Monday morning. And I'd probably put in, thirty plus hours doing open houses, taking clients out, putting deals in contract. At the end of the day, that's two full time jobs. Yeah. It's not it part time, right? Right. Uh, that was a that was a compliment that of yeah. gave oh, me back in the day. You. No, um, right. It's
1: it's not right. There's i I'm difference okay between with that.
0: Part time and having two careers. That's Car- yeah, that's agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Right. So there's plenty of agents out there that work really, really hard, but also have a W two salary elsewhere. Right. And they have a flexible schedule, a nurse, fire department, whatever. Bring yeah, that, that, that that all works. power to you, man. But you gotta
1: put you gotta put the time in. You yeah. gotta show up. It's not just gonna one hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. because
2: it's not the time when the houses sold themselves, right? Like the agents, yeah. they, they have to met. go back to the yeah. basics.
1: Yep, go back to the basics, and unless it's in Melrose, unless it sells itself, yeah. 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 That it,
2: whole it,
0: that
1: whole corridor, man, is actually just it's really on fire right now. You have got the proximity to Boston, right? But you still have the somewhat suburban feel. I think that's it's a great thing. And, and you know, they, the people. Um, there are. It is. It is a good community. I mean, they they, they they do all kinds of community events, the Victorian Fair. There's all kinds of stuff that yeah. goes on. Everybody and, loves it. Yeah. Like, like the downtown Melrose is better than any. Like, well, you got Market Street. Linfield, yeah, but Market right. Street
0: yeah. is just like. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like it's installed. not a downtown. It's, it's a installed. mall. Right. It's right. installed. Yeah. It's so like you could put that thing. They're gonna put one right down here, man. It's not gonna be like, wow, now I love this community. Is that right. Suffolk Downs. That yeah. 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 Anyway,
1: I had a just, lot of good times at Suffolk Downs, by the way. I, I, I do
2: you I, like horses? Yes. I I all right. I yeah, like, grandma, you're an equestrian.
1: A <laughs> he actually, not, yeah, he's, he Yes, so I'm not arms. an equestrian, though. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> tell we, me more about your equestrian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We often find you at Myopia Hunt Club <laughs> yeah.
1: on a weekend. I, no, I've never been invited to Myopia Hunt Club. Oh, not, the only reason love I even, love
0: it. The only reason I even know what that is is because
2: you tried to tell me about it recently.
1: Are, are oh, you a member there? No. It is nice. I've never
0: been, but I've heard it. I've
2: nice. been to like fundraisers there. That's the only thing we I've ever been, been in. I think we were talking about
0: branding, and you told me how small their sign was.
2: Oh, their sign. Yeah. It's like nondescript. Doesn't it's matter. like a little white sign with a horse on it. Brand. Yeah. It yeah.
1: doesn't matter. Mm. They, they, you think they, brand doesn't matter. No, no, oh. I think, I do, no. I do think brand matters. I okay. think for them, people. they you know, have such a brand. Yeah, they brands, have a brand. Right. right? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, a cap, you, it's like Apple. Yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not getting into myopia. Like, let's just face it. No. Yeah. I still, still, it's, yeah. You can go play polo there, though.
0: Yes, like highly likely. Well, but I would, I, I would pick, I would pick Melrose and Wakefield,
1: over Linfield. Wakefield has some awesome restaurants too. Downtown Artichoke, Sabatino's, I, like and pu- I get I like Wakefield Public Kitchen. Public Kitchen, very good. Little Tono, Tono. Yep. Tono. Oh yeah, Tono. I yeah. Tono. It, 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 Wakefield's great. Mm-hmm. We, I drove through uh, our clients
0: when we were uh, trying to find something between Melrose and Wakefield and and Malden and the like, and uh, we drove through late evening through Bellevue. And uh, we were, like, texting each other in separate cars. I was like, wow, I feel, feel poor. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have uplighting on yeah. my house, you yeah, know. There's, like, there's you there's you don't have uplighting yet? <laughs> Stop. But we drove through, like, a different neighborhood. I house. can't believe I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, our, like, our neighbor texts us and tells us that our uplighting is a little too much.
0: Listen, I'm working on it, okay? It's a lot of, there's a lot of things. Is it coming with the landscaping? It is not with, but uh, in addition to. Got it. Yeah, I'm working on it. All right, good. I'm working on it, you know.
2: I, I think nothing makes a house look better than uplighting. I completely agree. And, like, landscape lighting, tree lighting. But there were so many homes in Melrose
0: after you leave that, like, they, I mean, they were, like, still multi-million oh, yeah. dollar homes, but they didn't have uplighting. Up and I was like, wow, look at these poor people <laughs> oh, yeah. over here in this part of Melrose. Some of the old, like,
1: Victorian, the doctor's <sighs> houses, those are, those are They're
2: beautiful. incredible. Yeah, There's just so many old school mansions there. I just love that type of... Uh, can I'm you, gonna have to re. I'm gonna have to reinvestigate Melrose. So we went hiking in like the Fells, and then went to some Mexican restaurant, and we drove through, and we must have driven through the wrong side of Melrose because I was like, mm, it's just I'm very not easy. It it's just too.
0: very easy to drive through Melrose without getting
2: into a neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, Main Street, yeah. Lebanon Street.
0: Is, That's it. Then you're done. You're gone. Yeah, yeah. You're in a different city. Yep. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. It's just having spent a lot of time in those different communities, just for clients. It's there's some really really cool areas. Okay. So. We're asking some people to move on from the brokerage, go to a different place,
1: mm-hmm. right? Um, to kind of protect. And the, let me let me clarify yeah, yeah. that though too. That's only if you're not showing up. You're giving if us, you're, you're if giving you're, the firm the finger. If you're it's giving, an effort. Play. Exactly. If you're if you're putting the time in, and I see mm-hmm. you grind, and you show up to our meetings and our events, and you're not selling houses, that's that's a different story. Right. Now. I'm, I'll work with you Culture. forever. Right? Culture. But if you're just hanging around and want to hang your license somewhere, it's not not here.
0: Yeah. Now, question. Even even though because Remax is pretty heavy like fee structure, right? Right. So, yep. so even so, even though there's potential actual revenue from
1: that person, you're still moving on from them, right? Correct. Yeah. Tell, yeah. T- talk a little bit about that. So it so the, the Remax fee structure. Without getting into the nitty gritty of it, is we pay per month per agent. Right. right. So whether you Seth or you come sell a house with us or not, I'm you're costing me money. So if you're not selling a house for six months, twelve months at a time, it costs me a lot of money. Hmm. Um. That's why you need to show an effort and you sure. need to show that you're committed to us in this brokerage in your career. Do as the as agents have to pay a portion? We, no, we cover the, okay. we cover the, the fees okay. for all of our agents. Yeah. That's one of the things that we do as a brokerage. Yeah, I, think just, I just knew some firms like
0: actually charge the yeah. agent. And so yeah. I, what I, I guess what I was asking, I didn't understand. That's a, that's a really good value prop, by the way, that you're covering that on their behalf. Cause I, I was, I was presuming that they are still paying
1: you, but not producing. So I, so I might, I think I no, no, understood no, that. So, some offices do that. Each remax office is independently owned, sure. operated, franchise thing, all that stuff. So everyone kind of has disclaimer. a different exactly. Everyone has a different fee structure. We just found it best to take on producing agents that want to work and make Smart. this as a career, mm-hmm. and we pick up the, we pick up wow. the fees for them, and um,
2: you know, we, we help them with their business. So well, it Good. probably helps build the culture. It does. Yeah.
1: It does. Yeah. I bet. That's
0: that's the thing too. I, I, like you said, I was just saying culture. Like you want like minded individuals who are contributing, not someone who is going to suck. Time and right. uh, and uh, and quite frankly, money got to profit out of profit.
2: Well, broker. and they're a reflection of you, right? So, like, your if depth. they're out in the community and they're That's representing kind of you and your brand, you you want them to be,
1: yeah. representative of what you stand for, right? Because at the end of the day, it goes back to the broker, uh, exactly. As we were talking about off the air, the situations when something bad happens, it yep. goes back to always the broker. What if broker. that
0: was on the air? I'm just yeah. kidding. It wasn't. It was, wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I think brand really important, and you can't have those folks that. You know, it's funny. I don't think most, we'll call them part-time agents, understand the gravity of when they go to attempt to interact or transact with somebody and they uh, sour the firm's or uh, office's reputation. Like, that costs me money on the back end when I go to submit an offer to that person. Cool, right. Like, and it's catty
1: business, like it or not. And, you know... um,
2: And I would assume when you're recruiting, right?
1: For sure. Oh, I mean, there's, as we all know, there's... I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is, but agents that you don't want to be part of your brokerage because it's going to unattract everyone, all the other agents, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, their They're a cancer, basically. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Okay.
0: So what's the, what's the cadence? Like you're trying to meet with um, agents and an attempt to help them with their business.
1: How often? Like, yeah. what does it look yeah. like? We, um, so we have three in-person meetings a month, right? Okay. We talk about what's going on in the market, um, we do some market stats, these comp- you know, company, a typical t- company meeting, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the end of each one of those is a is a, either a mastermind or a specific training topic, cool. right? So I like the masterminds because it's invaluable to hear all these other agents that are out there selling 30, 40, 50 homes a year, like what's working for them, what's not working with them. Um, so we have at least three training opportunities a month. And then on top of that, we have all of the virtual training that Remax offers and some of the other, th- some of the other things that we've invested in and, privately, that the agents have access to all the time. Sure. So they have at least three. And these are
2: mandatory for all your, your we, agents? You know,
1: we don't we don't make anything mandatory. Yeah. Um, A, we really can't <laughs> because they're not employees. Mm-hmm. And, and B, because I really want people to want to be there. Yeah. And for the most part, we get really good attendance. We do. The agents that perform show up. They see value in yeah. it. They want to know what's going on in the market. They want to know what's going on in the industry. And they want to talk to the other agents about what's working for them. Uh, and the ones that don't make a big commitment, a lot of them have not made it over the last six right. months or a year, so right. right. Do you
2: guys yeah. do like bonding night, like go out and drink together or like go out to dinner together? Like do, do you do those sort of things? Happy hours? We do
1: We do actually uh, quarterly happy hours. Um, and randomly we just go out for lunch t- sometimes too if just spur of the moment type thing. We do quarterly happy hours. We do. Um, we have a, a conference every year that a lot of the agents go to in Vegas. Just so happens to be in Las Vegas every year. So. Is that
2: where you get the sneakers that say Remax on them?
1: Um, I do have a pair of those, but yeah. I won those actually uh, um, in Vegas. <laughs> that I think that was in Burlington or something actually. Uh, but Vegas is a, is a great take. They have you know the best of the best there. They put on a great show. Hot air balloons. Hot air balloons. Oh. Uh, they had a, a Maroon 5 concert just for us this oh, year. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <clears throat> the year before it was. That um, was probably terrible. It was. I actually didn't even go. <laughs> well, of course you didn't because it's Maroon 5. Yeah. Oh, my buddy
2: was at some Amazon thing and they had Mumford perform Mumford for them. Sense. Yeah.
1: The, the year before. So the last three years have been great. It was Maroon 5 this year. The year before was Zach Brown Band. And the year before oh. that was Pitbull. Oh, wow. COVID, yeah. Pitbull Mr.
2: came to the Lynn Auditorium this year. I saw And that. it was yeah. bananas. Did you apparently. go? I, I was skiing. He puts on a great show. Yeah. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. I love Pitbull. Um, do you serve Spindrift in the office? Because we're now, we LaCroix is dead to us, and we've moved on to Spindrift. I've local heard. delicious company. Do you serve Spindrift in the office? We have
1: Spindrift. We also have cold brew on tap. Ooh, tell oh, tell us yeah, about man. the cold brew. Yeah. I want to come yeah. work in your office. We do have you need, cold brew. Um, anytime you want. Do you it's...
2: need a guy like me around? <laughs>
1: I love cold brew. What I type of cold too? brew? It's Boston's best cold brew. Is it, is it it's, good? It's good. I mean, it's everybody good. listening, you know, Remax it's...
2: Platinum for the cold hey, brew. Hey, hey,
0: hey, 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 <laughs> hey. You do know what cold brew? Here at Reference Real Estate, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're sponsored by Nitro Bar. <laughs> you know oh, we got a nitro, <laughs> we, we a nitro Bar. Now I'm torn. Now I'm torn. No. No, but have you ever been in Nitro Bar? But we do have, ni- we have Nitro on tap too. It's oh, a Nitro Bar. Okay, cold brew. let's but relax, man.
2: When I do my drive through Melrose, I'm stopping by and getting the cold brew.
1: 419 Main Street you are All right, well, you're, right you're
0: right. You're right on the main drag. Yeah, right yeah. right by Cafe Nero and Starbucks. Exactly. Yes. Yep. <laughs> are you and on we, the Are you like right on the corner?
1: It's It was actually it was the old no. I'm sorry. It was right next to the old Papageno's building. That doesn't help me. Um, it's kind of the corner of Grove Street and Main Street. So you know? if
2: you're Kelly's Roast Beef and you drive straight, <laughs> do you get there? No. Oh, um, okay. No. Is that no. the Fellsway? Way? Yeah. it's the Yeah. Not, if you drove straight
1: down into Melrose, you'd come take a left onto Main Street. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Maybe I, I thought that. If the, you if you I've skip, been in the wrong part of Melrose, clearly, because yes.
2: I've been skip, over like um, by the high school, like up towards Woburn. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, no. You're if right. you skip, yeah, that exit, progress. you oh, dry, yeah.
0: you drive past Kelly's roast beef, and you go by the square <laughs> one. You go by the square by Hama Hama Smith How, rest how, how is
1: the square one mall still open? Like uh, Best how,
0: Buy, how? more than likely, is probably the only yeah. thing keeping that place afloat. Uh, that's a
1: Dicks. big I mean that's a huge Are they there? piece of property I think Dix is in Dicks the back, there, yeah. right?
0: I think I wanted to make a joke about that. Yeah, <laughs> about I mean there so many. Um <laughs> I think that place needs to be demolished. Hundred percent. Sorry, sorry folks. And uh, either a Market Street uh, comparable. I mean, I know it's very close to actual and feels Market Street already, but like just make like the outdoor shopping plaza, right? So, like, that's
2: what people want. You remember we live in the New England, right? Like, outdoor isn't awesome in December.
0: Okay, so outdoor might not be the right uh, descriptor. Like what they did uh, at uh, Hilltop. Yeah. You know, just like a little bit of strip, a little bit of restaurant, a little bit of resi. Right? We're in a housing crisis here. Let's take that and just put. Just put a
1: city over it, and it's probably going to be fine. They're doing that at Kowloon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they're tearing the Kowloon down. They're going to put another Kowloon at the, in the first floor. Yeah. Which is smart. Never going to be the same, unfortunately, as the uh, you mm. know, saga, saga Swings. You like a Saga Swing? I like the Saga Swings.
2: So Seth and I were talking this morning about just offers in general and sort of what's going on in the market and what we're seeing in the market and that, you know, when buyers are shopping— they start off with lots of requirements and Hmm. lots of rules and and hopes (laughs) and dreams, and they are beaten out of them (laughs) and crushed very quickly. And then they get to... And then they get to, all right, I'll waive my mortgage commitment. I will waive that. I will escalate. I will do all the things I swore I would never do. It's like college, right? Mm -hmm. When you got to college, you were never going to black out (laughs) Never going to do any of these things. And then all of a sudden... Here we are off track again. Are. One of the reasons I was asked to leave college. Black, oh, we got to
1: get back addict. to that. It was, yeah. How many years did you make it? Uh, if you count the time I went to one class. And half, one and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well have, we, have we already thought about this? Me and you? Yeah. Probably, we may. Yeah, yeah. Over
2: drinks probably. Yeah, I me mean, yeah, probably.
0: Continue. <laughs> Sorry. You were... Yeah, uh, so, so they... they you were blacked out in college. <laughs> hopes and
2: dreams <laughs> busted. They get into this situation where finally they realize that the only way they're going to get anything is to just give up everything and over, you know, keep bidding up from their original price range probably. So with that, you know, how are you talking to your agents to talk to their buyers about going from, you know, day one to accepted offer and what that evolution of the buyer relationship looks like? Because it's super interesting to me. Yeah. Because I could get brought in once the offer is accepted, right? So right. I
1: missed that whole You missed the 25 Evolution. That they didn't got accepted on. So that, yeah, that's, that's huge. Right. So I think there's, there's a lot of things that you have to do as a real estate agent to, to, to gain that trust from your client, to, to take them from, you know, 500,000 to up to 600,000 now with an escalation up to 650, right. They need to trust that you're doing the right thing by them. And I think the only way to do that is through communication, right. Staying in steady communication with your client and not just relying on the MLS to send them the property alerts, right. You need to stay in touch with those active clients on a at least two or three times a week, speaking to them on the phone through text message so that you can have you can create, create that relationship, right? Second thing is you need to be totally up to speed on what is going on in the markets they're looking at, like the average sale price, how many days on market homes are sitting, how much over asking they're going. You need to have all of that knowledge so that you can speak to them as an expert and they're going to trust you. It's all about the trust, right? If your client trusts you 100% and they obviously they need the funds and, and the wherewithal to be able to afford the home. You're going to have a much better likelihood of success when you ask them or when you tell them "Here's what I think you need to do to get this home. And it's everything you just said, go over asking wave, the, you know, wave mortgage wave commitment, wave, you know, the rights to your firstborn child, whatever you got to do, right. they're going to, they're going to be a lot more apt to trust you if you're, if you're doing those other things.
0: How, what do you think the best way to stay up to date with that local market when you're not supposed to really reveal... The market's been re, uh, moving really fast, right. right? So, like, you know, um, in January, you would have your pick of the litter, right? It didn't write any offer at, below, asking, inspection, didn't matter. How
1: weird was January and February?
0: February, <laughs> kind of the it's same. It felt like
1: everything was on yeah. sale. Yeah. Uh, like
0: tail, tail end of February, a little bit of change. Next thing you know, it was like uh, someone, like, sounded the alarm. Paul Revere ran across and just, like, turned <laughs> on the spring market <laughs> yeah. or something, right? And, uh, and it was, like, multiple offers. And so, like, for me, for instance, in Melrose, surrounding communities, we were, you know, writing over asking, but we weren't writing, like, old-school Melrose over asking, right? right? We were 50, 60, 70, 80. Hey, we should be pretty good. And uh, nope, multiple hundreds of thousands clean over asking, right? And so when the listing agent isn't going to give you the feedback, right, which is happening again, mm-hmm. it's like I, I literally put an offer in on something, uh, yesterday for a client for a new deadline and i woke up when walker was screaming at 2 a.m i looked at my phone i had a text at 11:30 from an agent hey sorry we went with a different offer that's just on a not helpful. On, right. on a clean offer with an escalation with no cap you can't, you can't give me a call, dude. What, what, what was your response just out of curiosity. Well, I went back to bed after I literally <laughs> well, yeah. was like, was like, I was like, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, thanks for letting me know in a text at, at like midnight. Right. Um, and I had to pry some info out this morning, but uh, the, the question is right. When, when you're, the data is so lagging, what do you think an agent should do in an effort to stay the most up to date? Because by the time that client comes to like, and, mm-hmm. and, and responds with communi- you know, whatever like sometimes it's too late and they lost 20, 30, 40, 50 grand in purchasing power, whether that be because of rates or because the markets run up so fast. Right. So like, it's hard, right? Yeah. And and sure, at least like I'm in the game and I get my pulse on it, but I still don't know the
1: number, right? I, I don't, right. So I, I think, I don't have a, a definitive answer for you. And say, yeah, hey, why do, we should do, do this. this Do this one thing, yeah. right? I, I had a conversation today with one of my agents before I left uh, Bridgewater to head, head here. They had a number, they, their listing appointment, they had a number based on comps. They went with a, the, the sellers went with a different agent who made up a number, made up a number and it went under contract the first, that yeah. first weekend. Yeah. That's a kick in the, you know what? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I don't know how you keep up with it other than creating those good relationships with the other, with your co yeah, right? Yeah. And hoping that it's another professional agent that has these listings outside of that. You just got to keep, you just got to, you got to look at the data, it. you got look at the data that you have, right? Look, look back at the data. Yeah. Look at time days on market. Right. Cause you know, if, if homes are listed at 700 and they're under agreement the next day, Probably went over asking. Right? Yep. So I mean, yeah. safe, safe assumption. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I I, I,
2: go ahead. When you're doing your masterminds with your brokerage, are are these things that you're talking about, or is that a good opportunity to really have like let's share what we mm. can about what's going on in the market, and is this why, you know, some of the bigger brands, right, like, like they'll have hyper local offices where the people really focus on like one or two towns, right, right, like are they able to, you know do that in a more local setting
1: and really like hyper-focus? So we, we hyper-focus on the three towns that we're in. Yeah. So at each one of our meetings, I have a breakdown of the, like the year over year data and year over three, uh, 30 day data basically um, for each one of those communities that we're in. So days on market, average sale price, um, list price to sale price, all the, all the important data. Right. So we do dive into those local markets. After that, when we break into the masterminds, I mean, the last few years, it's a lot of a lot of the topic has been how do you get a freaking offer accepted, yeah. right? That's what we talk about a lot. But yeah, we do talk about other things like that. It's the masterminds are why I really like them. They're agent driven. That's yeah. what they're seeing. They're mm-hmm. they're the boots on the ground, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not like Seth said, I'm not really in that day to day game anymore. Um, but we have some really high producing agents that are, and they got their you know their their finger on the pulse, and it, it's it's really cool to see the conversations that happen. And then you know we have obviously we have group texts and Facebook messengers and all that stuff, and just sometimes you'll see someone get an offer accepted using someone else's strategy. And it's like, it's a win-win for the whole. Yeah, the whole it's broker. cool. So that's, yeah, that,
2: that is cool. Yeah. And sure. it must be rewarding for the newer folks or the folks that aren't producing at the same level to have a very um, organic conversation in a non threatening way with these people that they mm-hmm. might not otherwise have the ability to have that conversation in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that you host or the agents host the masterminds. No, the um, like the, review of the towns
1: that you oh cover. i host that yeah, yeah. i do i do that part of in it. each office in each office mm. yep yeah but i got a question for you, if you okay don't mind. yeah please please let him talk I, i've heard a lot not a lot but i've heard lately that sellers and buyers are now going back to the agents and starting some lawsuits because of waived inspections have you seen mm. i haven't of, seen any okay. of those
2: yet but i would assume that they're coming at some point um that when you know We haven't really had a lot of time for things to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, massive things go wrong. Like, oh, my God, the house is falling down um, sort of stuff. But, you know, I don't know that the law requires that a buyer get an inspection. And I don't think there's a duty on an agent to require that their buyers get an inspection. So I don't know... It'll be interesting to watch that litigation play out and what duties are imposed on agents and how that changes the calculus in a hot market.
1: And what about, like, because we, we, one of the policies that we one. do have is we have, no, we don't have, oh. no, 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 lawsuits. <laughs> good, knock good, on wood, good, knock good. Wood, <laughs> now that you said that, but um, no, we do have a policy that if, if, the, if the client waives the inspection, we have a whole uh, inspection waiver document. Yeah. That, we do that the design. realtor one. Yes. And we also send the whole packet on home inspection. Yes, the facts for consumers yeah. and all that. Yeah,
0: so yeah. We, so internally we make you sign facts for consumers on that, the lead pamphlet, the super long one. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the waiver, <clears throat> 100%. And, like, I, I'm not going to circulate it in my
1: offer likely, but I'll keep no. it internally. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a good practice considering what's been going on in the Ag- last few a- years. Agreed.
2: And, and you know, I do think if you can get away with it, uh, informational purposes only inspection or some sort of, you know, just general understanding of what the heck you're getting into. Um, And I know there's probably as a seller, you probably hate an informational only and you don't trust a mortgage denial after a (laughs) informational only inspection. and, And, you know, it goes on and on, but you know, as a, as the attorney representing the buyer, I want as much as possible, right? Like all of these offers that are coming in freak me out because now the buyer walks in, their deposit's not protected. Like there, there's nothing right. left to for me to hang my hat on to get them out of the deal if it goes sideways to get their deposit back. Right? So,
0: I think I think it's interesting though, to and I don't know any of the specifics of the lawsuits. I honestly haven't heard of them uh, yet. So, but you know, take the client for for instance that has written a, a decent offer but has an inspection and loses. Writes a better offer. You know, they did a pre-inspection, they still lose, right? They they start waving more and more, are going higher and higher, and they're still losing. Like, how, how can the consumer, like, if, you know, finally obtain the home, knowing that, like, that's what it took. They didn't win before, and then turn around and blast the realtor.
1: It's tough. It, it's it, tough, It you is. Know? I, I agree. I think it's a ridiculous thing, but... I mean, it's America. I mean, people get sued well, for everything. I, well, I <laughs> but it comes think... down to what
2: your duties and obligations right. are, right? So, like, if you've explained that they have the right to have this, that they have reviewed what their rights are, and they decide to waive them to move forward. Like, I don't know that the liability falls on on you as the agent or the <clears throat> broker owner. Um, you know, the, the law can impose things that a consumer... Under knowingly and with some education is waiving right like you can't then say like I take it even though I knew what I was doing I didn't know what I was doing right like right. that's not I, th- I think that a the, the allegation
1: is that they were coached and not under like they were coached they didn't that they had it. to waive the inspection they didn't understand if they had the right to the inspection mm-hmm. which I mean, but you they would,
2: signed a waiver that says they understood they well, had I, the right I to wave. I don't know if the, oh, if
1: the yeah. Yeah. So. yeah well I would keep having your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your, your right.
2: agents work with your right. buyers and in explaining it so. You know, one of the things that I've started doing is um, when I send out a PNS, I'm doing like a little video going over what it yeah, is. Love that. So so that I have a is record. Is it a bonbon bon video? It, it's called Loom. Okay. So it actually shows the contract, and then I talk through the cool. contract and go like line. But it saves it on Loom servers, and I I can see when they read it and that they read it. So if anyone ever tried to sue me and say I didn't explain the contract, I now have proof that I have and that they watched it. Right. So I think you could do a comparable thing with the waiver, especially yeah. if you're worried about the inspection. Yeah. You could sort of just have the agent go over, send them, you know, here's the the inspection waiver. Here's where you have to tell, you know, and then you have this record that A, you sent it, and B, that you've explained it and that they watched.
0: it. It's tough, right? Because like... It's a great idea. Right. But the reality is, you know, no what? one's going to do it. There's right. a fucking waiver. There's a waiver. <laughs> You've read this. You've acknowledged now that I told you here's a whole pamphlet on home inspections and you should get one. And unfortunately, we're, we're now waiving all of your rights. Right. And so the fact that I would have to even, even consider covering the waiver or covering <laughs> the, the pamphlet again, you know, like at some point. It's where's, boots and suspenders, yeah, I realize, but, but Where's, but that's where's the job. onus on the consumer to be an adult? Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. I I, I agree with you, Seth, hundred ten percent. But I also understand too. I know. Too, I it's- know.
1: I mean, we live in a city yeah, happy I just, world.
0: I, I think, too, like, and you and I both know this, and so, and so do you, I guess, but there's just a lot of realtors out there that literally know nothing. Nothing. And so the realtor that knows nothing that coaches you to waive your home inspection, which they're obviously not supposed to do. The difference between coaching and saying, hey, listen, we've lost before. Right. It's up to you guys. Here's the data. I've shown you this house has a brand new roof. It has a brand new heating system. The foundation uh, has a crack that's been prepared. Here's the CrackX document. Here's the disclosure I, I think we're okay here. It's up to you. Well, that's what, a, an, in my opinion, a, a good, good agent. agent walks
1: yeah. That they look at the furnace, they look at I the know. water heater, they look at the roof. Like, you don't need, I'm not poo-pooing home inspections, but you don't need a home inspection to well, look at a few, certain things. Well, let's poo-poo the home inspectors for Because, <laughs> okay, uh, you know what, let, let, uh,
2: I tried to, I resist it.
1: <laughs> here we go. But
2: home inspectors blow up deals more than they help Correct. deals, right? Like, I feel like home inspectors, if you get an over the top home inspector and a new buyer who is a first time buyer and doesn't understand that we're in new England where everything's old, that there are going to be things that are wrong with these houses and they are alarmist and they send these 57 page reports about everything that could possibly be wrong with it ever. Not like tomorrow, not in 10 years, but like ever. And it sends people running and you know, there's never going to be, the perfect home. I think a good home inspector, you know, takes the time to talk through with the client that like, you know, this is your refrigerator has a life cycle of six more years. It's probably going to last 10, but I can't say that. Right. Right. Like, don't get scared. Like this is totality of the circumstances. The house is good. But instead, I feel like some of these home inspectors just come in and they want to alarm. Everybody tell you every little thing that could ever possibly go wrong. (laughs) I mean, and
1: the buyers are running. I mean, home inspections, just in the 15 years that I've done it, have gone, have changed so drastically. I mean, they they check every plug now. Right. It's yeah. like, it's, you're buying, like you said, you're buying a house that was built in 1960 <laughs> for, you know, 70 cents on the dollar. Because if it was brand new, it would be a million dollars. Right.
2: You know. Yeah. It's, so home inspectors, it's, like, do your job, but don't kill the deal. There are
1: some good ones. We, we have yeah. We have some good ones, but... Don't, yeah, don't. Who, tell, don't do mean, you you uh, must know
2: the ones that they show up at your listing and you're like, oh shit, we better yeah, call the yeah, backup I'm just gonna offer. Get, Exactly. I'm going to get on the phone right now with the last <laughs> buyers.
0: Yeah, I, I like, uh, there's a couple we use uh, Mayflower Home Inspection, I use They're a good. lot. Yep. Um, I, specifically because you can uh, schedule online. Which Huge. is what? Wow! This yeah. is amazing, right? So, um, I also like Indian rock. Uh, Jeez, so th- he's are just they, like, are are they Saugus? in Zagas Because that's a, yeah. a
2: street in Zagas no, off Walnut Street. You so know, his question. name's
0: Brett. He's like a one man band. Like he, the, the way I describe him to clients is like he's like your dad, but not like the dad who blows up the deal. He's like, hey, let me show you. This is easy to fix. He used to be a custom home builder. And so he's like, hey, you know, this, sure, this post on this porch is rotted out. It's actually really easy to fix. All you need to do is have someone come in, pour a new footing, boom. boom. You know, I can't tell you how much it's going to cost. I've seen other people do it for 2500 bucks. So um, I'm sure Seth has some great contractors. That boom, sounds reasonable. Like, right. versus right? like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, it, you know, you say nothing, you poke at, hey, it's rotted. You might want to get this looked at. And then it's like, hazard report. And, yeah. it's, and it's in the, uh, and it's in the inspection. And, and then. And then someone's. Which is important
2: there. to know. Like, I don't want to discount the fact that people need to know what they're getting into, but there's a way to do it and there's yeah. a way to lay it out and there's a way to talk to buyers. And I don't know if that's the agent's
1: job or the home inspector's it's, job. I think it's but both. It, I think yeah. it's both. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, because a good agent can kind of corral the home inspector yeah. and say, hey, look, man, like, you know, yeah. we've got buyers here that the first one they ever owned. Right. I'm not telling you to not do your job, but please explain these things to them yeah. in regular people's terms. I
0: think even better, a good agent called out hey guys this post rotted what a home inspector is going to tell you is this needs to be replaced hire a licensed contractor get a couple quotes probably gonna be expensive because it doesn't look like it has a footing you know i've seen other clients do this job for less than 10 grand just know that it's going to come up right or know the furnaces from 1982 and it's at quote unquote the end of its useful life or fully depreciated (laughs) and then when the home inspector comes in and calls out those two three things the inspector's like or sorry the client's like man you you nailed this like i feel really good like there's more trust there's more communication now than there was before um but when you don't have uh that person who like you know r- 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 picks on everything or like overwhelms every outlet that's miswired which by the way this one in every house right i understand that can be super overwhelming so
2: and like the real bad shit is hidden anyway right like they're never gonna find that the previous buyer when they renovated the kitchen and opened the house up didn't put support beams in right like they they're never gonna know right. that right uh, what do you
1: think about uh, this impending lawsuit for Buyers. commissions? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah interesting. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. We didn't even talk about this. So I know. Um, we actually talked about this yesterday we briefly. Did. So I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know if I have an opinion. No, I do. Uh, it's bullshit. I think it's. I think it's terrible that there's a class action lawsuit in multi-state. So if you don't know, um, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before. We have so, not. So if you don't know what uh, Scotty's referring to, uh, I don't even know the specific states, but it's like mid-coast. Not mid-coast, uh, mid coast, mid America, like Illinois, potentially yeah, like Missouri area, there. right. So yeah. there's there's three, four, five states. There's four big brokerages involved, and there's uh, okay, yeah, and uh, one them. Uh, Keller Williams, I believe, Caldwell Banker, okay, mm-hmm. probably I don't know someone else that will yeah, go on name. Uh, two, I think, national MLSs are involved, yep. um, and essentially there's a cla- There was a lawsuit that was filed and just allowed to be class action. Um, and it's basically saying that sellers should not pay buyer agent commission. That's the one you're referring to, right? That is so, the one, yes. Um, which is interesting because so- Who I, should? Well, hold on. We're, we're going oh. to get to that in a minute here. Okay. Okay. It's going to be juicy. I, Thank I, you. I, I, I have a lot of <laughs> opinions. Surprise. Oh, yeah, I, bet, so, I bet Scotty does. Um, so uh, first off, I don't know what listing contract you use, but we use the one that very specifically calls out total compensation and then specifically buyer compensation. So yes. there's a total comp, there's a specific part of that that is buyer comp, which the, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, and then some people do variable rates. Some people write stuff in, and a lot of people write in a variable rate commission structure. Hey, if you go direct, maybe you shave off a point. I don't, I don't personally do that a lot of the times, but I, I have in the past. Right. So, um, and you know, here we, we're not the cheapest firm. Like I charge a premium because we provide additional services. And therefore the, As se- you should. the yes. seller side usually takes the lion's share because there's more marketing costs versus like a buyer agent. We're sure there's time and gas and, you know, I don't know, whatever time,
1: I guess. What's allocated. this have, race to the you bottom? You have the product, you're selling the product, you yeah, set the price, right? in, in so my opinion. That's, so that's historically... Uh, agreed.
0: So this lawsuit basically says that it's not lawful or misleading to make the seller pay the uh, someone else on the transaction whose job it is to negotiate a hypothetical better deal. Okay, go ahead. Aren't
2: they paying you when you're paying this, the yes. buyers? Breaker? So they're not even doing it, they're just paying you.
0: Yes, but it comes from the seller's pocket. Yeah, But I the- I think that's... That I, listen, I don't, I don't know enough about it yeah. to be honest with you. I, I think it's interesting, and I think that the alternative is, um, you don't offer compensation, right, and therefore you attract less people. So I don't see And, ha- and that
1: was the genesis of this whole thing, is because the, the what, what, uh, one of the claims is that let's say you're, you, you're paying one firm six percent, and the other firm you were going to pay five percent, but they're only going to give out half, each one is going to give out half of that. Yeah, they're claiming that. More buyers agents are going to go to the one that are, that's offering more money. Yeah, so, so
0: it's so listen. Let's just be real. Um, I personally have never st- like steered, st- yeah, steered someone towards a listing that offers higher comp. By the way, when I'm when my client says I want to go look at one two three Main Street, one of the first things I look at is the comp. Right? I go, uh, oh, okay, oh cool, yeah. two and a half. Right. And I think, listen, the city is always offering two and a half or whatever. Right. Like in, in, in some instances last year, when the market shifted, I started paying Cobrokes three because like I wanted to move the listing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was a good strategy to use, but this is what I can tell you. I, I don't necessarily agree. And I think that, um, today how buyer agents sign and onboard buyers, uh, is probably a little misleading I think I can get behind that mm-hmm. where they where they say or we say hey listen my services are free to you right you don't have to pay me the seller pays me right
1: that, so that that is that is definitely an issue yeah it's,
0: I agree it's not. right yes. so um, what we've already started huddling it on and building the muscle on the purchase price
2: because they're paying the purchase price which actually pays the seller in, right. yeah
0: yeah so what we've already started to huddle on um, is when that agency disclosure hypothetically mo- is modified and you have to put more of like the buyer exclusive language in the contract of X percent is what I charge. Now the seller is paying that to be clear. I think you're going to get a lot of pushback if you're just. So basically, today, if instead of the agency disclosure in the driveway, you're doing an exclusive agency contract, I think your execution rate is not
2: good. So if the seller isn't going to pay the buyer's commission, the seller's not going to get a discount on their. Current fee, who? Where do they think the buyer is going to come up with the money to pay for the commission?
1: Well, well so I think that's one of the huge. <laughs> there's a lot of problems with this, right? But that's one of the huge problems is buyers can barely afford the homes they're yeah. buying now. Now they're going right. to come there's, up with
0: another two percent. There's there's also some very specific loan restrictions okay. in VA loans that forbid. A fee like that. So now you're basically saying veterans, no, can't, n- yeah, v- veterans can't buy homes, or they have to go direct to the listing agent, right? And have which no representation. Like, which, like, th- I mean, let's.
1: That's a bigger. That
0: issue. That seems collusive. Right? You know, so there's going to have to be some definite
1: regulation, or you know, it, it, um, in, again, this could be a this could be a three hour conversation. I love it. In, in my opinion, right? If if they're going to do this, if they're going to get a, give go away, do away with. Sellers paying the full... Which they won't. Which I, I don't think they will either. But if they do, there also has to be regulation that now buyers have to use a licensed professional and it, there is no dual agency. Mm, interesting. I, but I mean, yet,
2: who's going to pay for that?
1: It's going so to. So this is where the law change, screws everything right, up, Because right? then they have to like, change lending regulations to be allowed to, to roll in that 2% into the mortgage, which we've already started looking into on the mortgage side because you know, who knows if this is going to happen or yeah. not. Uh, it, it's going to open up a whole bag of worms for, and, and, and really mess up the industry. So so the
2: likelihood that any of the judges hearing these class action lawsuits have ever been involved in the conveyancing of real estate or been a real estate agent is minimal. So it's going to be this theoretical exercise by a bunch of people that have zero experience with the buying and selling of real estate that in a vacuum make a decision that will make it less affordable for people to buy houses, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they go and 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 try to make a change here and and do away with this you know essentially the seller's agent paying the buyer's agent commission i I think it no one's gonna reduce their commission like are you gonna cut your commission on a sell
0: i mean i probably don't need to charge the rate that i was charging because i'm not going to right i'm not i'm not gonna be the guy who charges six percent and keeps all six And then let someone walk, I mean, I would, but, but, and then walk in the door and, and then have to go direct, I think. Right. So listen, I think what ultimately will happen is the agency disclosure will get modified and you'll just have to say, Hey, I'm a realtor. I'm an agent, whatever. This is not a contract by the way, when you sign this with me, the way I get paid is by the seller and it's this. And, and if I want to charge more, you have to pay for it. I think it'll be something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know what we're doing here at reference? Not a key
2: to affordability. No.
0: no, no, I completely agree. But what we're doing here is like, say that happens tomorrow. And like, dude, how many realtors do you know that are going to leave the business? Like oh, think yeah. of this whole Zillow flex concept. <laughs> right. Zillow leads, realtor.com leads, anybody with leads that uh, are like this affiliate program. Like that just doesn't work anymore. Oh, so, so many businesses fail when that happens. So what we're doing, we're actually creating a buyer promise. We're going through, just like you, you have a listing pitch. We have a buyer pitch, a buyer onboarding, a buyer consultation. We're going to take you through it. And at the end of it, we're going to explain to you, Hey, we need to be exclusive with you, right? Just the same way as I would have a listing. And this is what I charge by the way. And it's 3%. Okay. And let me break down how that gets paid. Uh, Most of it comes from the seller. So luckily our services are a little bit cheaper. And the, unlikely event that it's more than two and a half or two this is what we call closing costs okay and if if we can sign you add
2: attorney fees into that
0: (laughs) and and we're gonna have to sign exclusive buyers and and we're gonna go we're gonna discuss what that relationship looks like and i think that if we listen even if it's we're not charging a premium maybe it's just two percent whatever right we're gonna be the firm that has the muscle built so when it so when it flips no skin off my back man uh and and i think that by the way it feels really sleazy to be a buyer, be dark on the process, and then literally have to walk in open houses blind and trust someone who has agency elsewhere and then have to pay out of pocket for real representation. So I, I think that if onboarded properly, we'll have a lot of success in that and and, and we'll be the firm that's maybe left operating or people want to flock to.
1: I, I think you you you're spot on because... Something's going to change, whether whether the lawsuit yeah. wins or not. Something will change, and it's probably going to be and some th- sort of disclosure.
0: Think about that: the the part-time agent who ain't paying attention yeah. when all of a sudden they go to show Brendan a home and there's no buyer comp. Like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to go to their broker and say, "What, what do I it, what do, do? You now?" Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, man, you, you should. Have been out a been here. We, we've been at nine different trainings right. the last month talking about this. Right. So
1: you know, those new forms you saw on the loops, and maybe, <sighs> maybe you should read them. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: listen, I think it. I think it'll be interesting. I, I think it. I think it ultimately will come down to disclosure. And I, I personally, and we talked about this yesterday too, like r- really what consumer who's selling is going to be like, I, I watched this class action lawsuit. I don't want to pay buyer comp. You know, yeah, the, the two to three clients that do that to me a year, I say, hey, Scotty, <laughs> this was fun. I really want to list your house. Unfortunately, it's not worth my time or reputation to not pay a buyer's agent. We have to do it. We don't want to disin- disincentivize buyers right. uh, from coming to our property. Would you? Yeah, of course not. So let's pay the freaking buyer. You know, right. OPS, we all know, the stats on for sale by owner. They sell for like 13, 14% less. There's math here that backs all right. it all. So,
1: And how about all the equity you just gained over the last three years? Again? Yeah, so Let's you're relax. Gonna, yeah. You're going to fight me over 2%? Like, come on. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: It's, uh, I, it, I'm passionate about it because it's uh it, it has the ability to change a lot of people's it's, livelihood in this business.
1: It, I mean, if, if it goes through the way the um, narrative what's, is, what's the, what's the word for the, the, not the defendant, the other one, you're the plaintiff. the plaintiff. The plaintiff. Yeah. If it goes through for the plaintiffs, it, it changes the industry 100%. As a hundred percent. Yeah, so, yeah. For the, for for the worse, right? For for the consumer as well. Yeah, it's not like the,
2: the consumer is the one that's going to end up getting in a worse. position, will yeah. be in a worse position.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine being a first-time buyer and have to just waltz into an open house and try and find the listing agent and, and trust I'm getting the best deal. I'm going to no. get taken advantage of one hundred
1: percent. Yeah, you, and you very. And well, I agree right? with you. I I. I've never done a dual agency deal. It's, that it was good. it doesn't work. It, dual agency, in my opinion, doesn't no. work. It should that should be outlawed anyway, and it, it is in a lot of states. Yeah, we're one of the few states that, uh, that there's that's only low. how many are there? I don't know off the top of my head, but not a lot. We're in the we're in the middle. Probably
2: eleven, like the attorney uh, <laughs> yeah. attorney states.
1: Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I encourage the the agents to not do it. There's a way that you can represent just the seller and have the buyer make an offer, and they're just unrepresented. If you, you know, yeah, if you want to do it that way, but.
0: Very spirited debate. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll be interested to see how fast there's um, a result. Yeah, me too. I'm I gonna know. be watching it pretty yeah. closely because yeah, I've been trying to pay attention to it. So, but like like I said, I'm just trying to gear up the team for what would you do if buyer went away tomorrow? All right, we're we're uh, we're running low on time here. So, what, can I ask one more question? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. What
1: states do you operate in? We are licensed in Mass, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and that's the same for the mortgage company as well. Mass, so you Hampshire, do all three states? We do all three states.
2: Yep. And what? made you or what what sort of prompted you to you just, you just
0: have to with your border shop
2: border selling yeah to yeah. to take on those new states
1: just so i mean being on the north shore of mass of the proximity to new hampshire right yeah in rhode island we're only about 30 minutes from providence and from our bridgewater office wow and i actually have one agent that lives in rhode island um and and rhode Island's even easier it's fully reciprocal so you basically pay them a fee and they give
2: you a so sick of
1: giving up the referral fees <laughs> exactly took mm-hmm. it yeah. in-house and yep. did it yourself yeah it's yeah, it's fairly easy. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty low, once you're already invested in a brokerage, like to opt to have another couple of licenses, not a huge, yeah, um, not a huge ordeal. So it, it makes sense. We, I mean, we don't do a ton in, in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, but we do enough that it makes, that it makes sense. So, so are we ready for uh, the end? Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. That we didn't talk no, this about? was, this was awesome. I, uh, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks no, for I, coming in. Yeah,
2: no, we're not done yet. We have one, one last question. Uh-oh. So the name of the podcast is the word. Okay, And we like to ask all of our guests, if you were to distill down, your vision for the next 12 months into one word, what would that word be?
1: My vision or what I think, what I think is going to, what I think the next 12 months is going to be like. Either. Like so what, what your fo- your yeah, focus, what you're going to focus on. My focus is going to be on um, prosperity. Oh, I like that. Experience. Yeah. Tell us. I want to, I was deep. So, <laughs> um, get into the mic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so every, you know, I'm, Tell the listeners. We kind of alluded, it's it's been difficult these last six or 12 months. I think for everybody in the real estate related world, right? Attorneys, lawyers, real estate brokers. um, We're doing, I think we're doing a lot of really good things. And I think because of it, we're we're in a place that we can really succeed and and do well over these next six to 12 months. So
0: the firm, the firms that stayed with it and leaned in to the shift, so to speak, I think will come out significantly on top. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think if you've, shied away from it and backed off and like lost focus it's going to be these next 12 months gonna be tough for you it's I, gonna it's I, gonna compound exponentially yeah.
0: over the next two three years in your business if you opted out for lack of a better yeah. word
1: yeah, yeah. now it's
2: the time to hit the gas not the brakes
0: hell yeah yeah
2: i like it cool possible awesome. cool.
0: um well Scotty, thanks for coming on man this was awesome we'll definitely have to get kim on kim if you're a listener uh, we're, publicly <laughs> we're, <laughs> we we're publicly Listener 13 We're publicly Inviting you on As well as uh, Brett from Indian Rock Inspections Two separate pods Coming up here In the near future Hopefully so And cool. we
2: will have more spin drift Spindrift for you yeah, Spindrift yeah. water yeah, Thank and, you for joining us LaCroix and, you're out <laughs>
0: And uh, Scotty where can the people
1: Find you um, I don't even know My handles in social media Come I believe on. it's uh, S. Jones Junior 419 On Instagram my, I'm Scotty Jones on Facebook. It, my, I have a business page, but I don't use it a lot. It's wow. My, wow. My personal page. Um, but you and can find the like firm,
2: Remax Scotty or something. The
1: firm is Own Greater Boston. That's on uh, uh, all. I Boston. like that. Yeah. Like sell in Boston. The firm does more than than I do publicly. Yeah. To, yeah so.
0: Good, yeah. cool, awesome, Great. man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on today. Thanks and, for having Uh me. We'll we'll look forward to the go back invite. We're probably going to do like a, a word social event where we just oh. have all the oh. guests on do like a little a mastermind,
2: meet up. yeah, little oh, yeah. meetup. Can we drink the, te- to the tequila? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Are we doing it here? I hadn't even thought of no, doing we're gonna it here. To,
0: we're gonna have to do it somewhere. Like, cool.
2: This isn't cool. Mm, let's 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 what about think the think about that. place? I haven't been
1: there yet. corner. Yeah. No, kind of trendy. We might be old oh, for the I vibes sucks, huh? there I just turned 38
0: yeah <sighs> same same-ish, same-ish. alright man uh, call cool. it Bye. thank you for listening to the word podcast if you like what you heard don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes if you could take a minute and leave us a quick review not only do reviews give us valuable feedback but every positive review tells the algorithm to push this episode out in front of more people if you really want to help us out send this podcast to someone who you think would benefit Thank you so much, and we hope to see you next time when we talk about the Word.